Okay, welcome to the first and a new series of A Frank Conversation With. I'm delighted today to be joined by Holly Moore, who's the Managing Director of a fabulous company based out in Wilmslow um, called Make Events. And obviously the events industry was hard hit in 2020, but we're looking forward to a much more positive 2021. Uh, and Holly, just before we talk about the future, we talk about this year yeah. and beyond, um, I was really impressed with what you and your team did um, during the challenging times that we had uh, through the COVID crisis last year. Um, And you were the first one that I heard um, talking about this pivoting. (laughs) And, you know, I I think it's a word now that's totally associated with Holly. Yeah. Uh, So tell us about that. Tell us about, you know, those early months and how you as a business owner, uh, begin to work out a plan as how to, how you could get through those difficult times? Yeah, um, I think that initially the reason that we could um, get through the difficult times is we did have all on our back. So, um, you know, speaking to other, any other kind of solo business out, owners out there, I was always good with profit. Um, and as you do as a business owner, you make the decision between do you keep it in the business or do you reward yourself? And I think that I was always... I guess the the kind of non-risk taker in me was like keep everything in the business for the rainy day Mm. and you know there was some that would have said well invest in this invest in tech invest in that and I just used to keep this money there like Alibaba and um, (laughs) and yeah little did I know I'm a massive believer in fate that the the rainy day was going to be a global pandemic so I think we were lucky in the sense that we could approach it with a little bit of thought um, before we just like gung-ho went into doing anything different. So, um, you know, without dwelling on the negativity, it took me, I'd say, six weeks to get my head out of the sand and think, what the, you know, are we going to do? And I sat and wrote a strategy, and it was funny because the title was Pivot Strategy. I just wrote that down and I had this document for weeks and I kept adding to it. And then... I came to think about the marketing side of it and the plan and I was like well Make Events has always done what we say on the tin and I've always been quite simple like our strap line that we've just changed is really simple it's not fancy at all and I was like well we'll call it the pivot you know the name and and we did and it seemed to resonate really really well because we designed a logo for it and a whole marketing strategy around pivot and people loved it because it was what it was um, and then within that what we did is we created three um, well three to four new strands revenue streams for the business whereby we used to have two so we've gone from two to six revenue streams and um, then we also um, which I'm sure we'll talk about the smaller business that we had that had always worked in the background which was HM events for the private parties we launched that as well so it was quite a big pivot strategy because we've launched new products and services and a new business um, and yeah and then and then done kind of smaller marketing strategies under that since since we began with that in June mm-hmm. uh, and I suppose the events industry was the hardest hit yeah. people talk about yeah. hospitality yeah. but at least if you're in hospitality you can do takeaways and you could do they got an opening yeah one or two things yeah. that, and of course I think you know got quite a lot of financial support from the government yeah. not enough but yeah. nonetheless yeah. did get support yeah. whereas people like you yeah. uh, other than the furlough scheme which yeah. isn't much 
use really yeah. because it, you know yeah. people think well if these salaries are covered great but there's lots of other costs yeah. when you run a business yeah. so it was important actually wasn't it if you were to continue as a business that you were able to find those other income generating yeah. avenues yeah well the whole thing was that when we start and I don't mind talking figures from because I think it helps other mm. business owners I'm always quite open about that um, we are running costs if you like obviously including salaries and we've always paid market rate if not a little bit above so we you know they weren't you know insignificant salaries um, and then we had all our commitments so these offices that we're sat in now that we'd only been in at that time you know seven months and then all our service providers etc et so the first thing was to cut the cost down which we did by a third which include put, putting people on furlough um, and we started off the journey if you like that we would keep three people so that was me and two others on no revenue at all and that we would lose 30k a month and we knew how long we could be in that for so that's where we were at that point and the reason that you know I didn't go just to me and get rid of everybody was because I felt like we had to keep noisy so um, you know it was if we're, if we're going to fight this we're going to fight it loud and we're going to be out there and keep our marketing and we probably spent more on marketing actually in the last nine ten months than we did previous um, so so the interesting thing is so we based it on a 30 grand loss a month with three staff and what we've managed to do is get back up to nine to ten staff create extra revenue streams we're still making a loss but we've not made so I would say we're averaging 20k a month loss um, and when I tell people that they're like what oh my god like how the hell but there is a method in the madness because for me we have to keep alive, we have to keep doing business, we have to keep trading to be in a position that when it does all come back, which it will, with a bang, we are seen as solid, trusted, um, and you know, and that we've kept current because it's a changing marketplace. And I think, you know, if we just last question on the yeah. past yeah, yeah, before yeah, we yeah. start talking positively about what's going to happen this year. Um, it was important, wasn't it, for, as you say, keep your brand out there, yeah. keep your marketing strong. Yeah. You, in terms of your personality, you certainly did the rounds. You did a couple of Zooms yeah. with us and yeah, I know yeah, yeah. Paul Cheatham and yeah. did a big thing with Insider as yeah, well, which yeah, was yeah. great. Uh, and I think, you know, aside from the fact that it was good for you, I think it was good for other people yeah. to see that somebody in, as I say, the industry sector that was hardest hit was still out there fighting. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, from, from my perspective, and many others, I'm sure, uh, thanks for that. Because, you. you know, when there was so much shit around, yeah. you were still battling on. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the other thing I'd say is that we got fed up uh, at downtown with people talking about what you couldn't do. Yeah. Uh, and actually, when you started to navigate your way through the guidelines, yeah. certainly in the business space, there was yeah. still quite a lot you could do. Yeah. So we ended up hosting about 20 events for up to 30 Amazing. people because you could. Yeah. Um, and then we, of course, at the end of the year, did a big yeah. awards doing in Liverpool for 250 people. The thing that concerns me about where our country is heading and the mindset of a vocal minority, I have to say, is that we actually got criticised for that. It was almost as if, because you're trying to keep your business going, yeah. and you're trying to actually provide a service, mm -hmm. and let's face it, make a bit of a profit, yeah. um, 
you're doing something wrong. You know, some people would have been quite happy to just put us all in aspic, wouldn't they, for yeah. a year? Yeah. And say, right, until everyone's had a vaccine, yeah. we're not doing anything. Yeah. Well, therein lies the problem because once the economy sinks to that level, then we may as well all pack in. And as I say, for us, it was people like you, like Sir Paul Cheatham and Sadulo, yeah. you know, we were keeping the faith, yeah. keeping going. Uh, and so it was great to see you doing that. Before we get into uh, this year and more yeah. positive conversation, mm-hmm. one final point about last year. I, I found it frustrating that, you know, we at Downtown, for example, were, were focusing on what we could do yeah. rather than concentrating on what you couldn't do. And, and on the back of that, we were able to host about 20 live events of up to 30 people. Uh, we were able to do a big awards event towards the end of the year for 250 people. Um, but what pissed me off was we had, you know, this silent minority criticising anybody who wanted to do anything. Uh, and the counterbalance to that, really, were, were people like you. Yeah. Because you were out there fighting the fight. Mm-hmm. You were from, as I say, the industry sector that was hardest hit. Yeah. Uh, and largely went ignored. Yeah. You know, you didn't have mm-hmm. uh, the sort of champions like the Sasha Lords for hospitality yeah, yeah, and yeah. other people saying, well, yeah. what about the poor events industry? Yeah. Um, uh, and so uh, for me, you know, from, from my perspective and also from lots of other business people out there, I know, uh, thanks really oh, for, thank for the way you kept going. Um, but, you know, when you say you came up with other products to sell. Yeah. Uh, quite innovative, quite imaginative. So yeah. tell us about that. Um, so the first one was the virtual events, which most of the industry dropped into straight away. But I'm so I've got to love what we do, and it. You know, when we were first thinking about it, I was like, oh, it's not really floating my boat at all. So um, one of one of the things that I absolutely love is personal development conferences, which is something I've not been able to do all year, and I would travel to America and everywhere to go to like people that I love's conferences. So one of those people is Rachel Hollis, who's a motivational speaker. And she flipped her um, conference I was due to go to in the States to virtual. So we went to that with a group of people on a Saturday and I needed to experience something I loved virtually to know whether that was something we wanted to do. So I did that and I absolutely loved it and got loads of benefits. So I was like, right, I'm ready to move now. Let's get that sorted. And then the engagement boxes. So to give you an example, you know, we've done like um, fresh food hampers, we've done health in a box, like protein ball making, chocolate making in a box, global conference party boxes in a box. You know it was left in a box. Pizza in a box. Um, And that came about because one of our brand values is Magic Touches, which is pocketfuls of wow through every event. And that used to be, we used to say that it can be the lowest cost items that are tangible within an event are the things that get the most attention and people will take photos of and share. And so we came up with the idea of magic touches in a box um, and that's how the boxes came. And it, originally it was to go alongside virtual, so book your conference with us and we'll send you a delegate box with everything in. And then it became a standalone item. Um, and one of the team put their hand up who was on furlough and said I'll manage that for you and it's had such legs that we're now recruiting head of product so we want someone from an e-commerce background so that was the second thing then the third thing was we've always done props on a small scale but then hired a lot of stuff in and then when we thought that like the garden side was going to come back an outdoor event we um, rented a bigger space to enable us to do more of our own props which obviously we'll use in the future 
And then fourthly, we'd always done graphic design and content um, as part of an event, and we now offer that as a standalone. So for example, we've just done a project for Hitachi Rail, redesigning their internal comms brand, and that's not alongside an event. So they were the four things we added to make events. And then, as I mentioned before, we launched officially on the 21st of August HM events, which is bespoke events, just the way you like it, which is for the private market. So, yeah, we've been pretty busy. And, you know, they're products that are sustainable. I didn't want to do something that would just cover us through COVID. Mm. They've got to become part of the mix. And our strap line was... Um, create the ultimate experience so we've changed that now to create the ultimate experience virtually live and tangibly so that's mm-hmm. a couple of the three things and we were the go-to agency for the north's household names um, but we've worked so much with um, london businesses over this time that we're now the go-to agency for experiences so for the uk so Fantastic. Yeah. And so, you know, the positive thing that's come out of all the negativity is you've diversified yes. your business yeah. through pivoting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the other positive thing, Holly, is that this year people are going to be desperate to get back to live yes. events yeah. as quickly and, of Absolutely. course, as safely as possible. Uh, and, it, you know, I think given the fact that you have kept your brand out there, yeah. Uh, the fact that you've continued to operate and kept a good team together uh, because you've more than three in the yeah. office today yeah. so obviously we were able to bring people yeah. back as the business started to and pick new up recruit, we've actually um sorry to interrupt you in, yeah. in in lockdown we've actually we did make four redundancies we, we had five redundancies and then one found a job so four official redundancies mm. however we created two new permanent roles we promote we did one promotion uh, no, three new permanent roles actually, because we'll come on to it with recruiting an MD and one promotion. Um, so actually, uh, four redundancies, but four new roles almost as well. Mm. So, Fantastic. Yeah. 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 So it's been a positive outcome yeah. from a, a really yeah. difficult year. Yeah. Uh, and so, what your passion is and why yeah. you got into this yeah. is because you love live events. Yeah. Uh, and like you, I was sick of Zoom. You know, yeah. by the end of it, I was, yeah. if, you, if I never see Zoom again, yeah. it won't be too soon, yeah. to be honest. Um, so this year, yeah. how are you expecting the industry to come back? What are the sort of things that you're looking forward to most? I think the, I think that uh, the clients, brands, businesses need to be brave now, as you have. I mean, literally what you did in um, December with your award, I was like clapping my hands because somebody needed to be brave and take a stance. So there's always going to be caution. I think the smaller companies are going to come back first because they're a bit more gung-ho about it. I think the bigger brands, your big blue chip names, are going to be more cautious because they don't want to be the company that causes a spike within the, in the workplace. So I think, it, the, I find the rules con- confusing and it's my industry. Um, so I do think that live events will start to come back. I was thinking the summer, however, obviously we're now saying a year for the vaccine to roll out. Um, so I think they will start to come back, but they have changed forever. We're going to be working with like hybrid events. I was speaking to Man Central this week about, you know, how we can utilise their space and then, you know, bring a live and virtual together. And that is why it's so important that we have pivoted and because I think the things that we're doing now is the future of events. Can I see, you know, the thousand people for Booking Go that we did at Victoria Warehouse, big massive party coming back this year, 2021? No, I can't, certainly not for this year. Um, 
but maybe 2022, that's when those like, big mass celebrations will come back. Mm. I mean, I'm a bit more optimistic than you. Yeah. I think we might be there by the autumn. I, I think the vaccine, although uh, the saying, well, only half of the population yeah. will have been vaccinated yeah. by June. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the alternative headline is everyone at risk yeah. will have been vaccinated yeah, yeah, by yeah, June. Absolutely. So I think, again, people's mindsets got to start yeah. to change. You know, most people who get COVID yeah. um, are fine. Yeah. They get through it in a yeah. couple of weeks. That's not to underplay the yeah. virus because, of course, anything that kills over 40,000 yeah. people yeah. in this country is to be taken yeah. seriously. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, we do need at some point and soon yeah. to get back to a level of normality that enables people like you yeah. to run your business again. And I think, again, we touched on this when we talked last year, you know, the implications around the other health and wellbeing issues that haven't been discussed. Absolutely, yeah. Mental health being at the forefront yeah. of that. I think has been totally neglected, Holly. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I've spoken about it before, I speak from personal experience, having dealt with a mental health issue, luckily been free of that for nine years, but I have spoke to my consultant at the private that, that helped me through that, and he's to the point that he said, the, what did he say now? Obviously the amount of inquiries or, or um, you know, it's gone up, mm. but he said, if you compare the new patients they would take in to a normal year, and then the reasons they're coming in, so much is COVID related. So for example, um, alcoholism is a massive thing. So they might have had a patient that was suffering with depression, no alcoholism involved whatsoever, but then that has become a vice to go to in lockdown. So it's created so many, um, I feel like COVID almost threw a mirror on everybody. And if, you know, I'm very, very lucky in that, you know, at the start of COVID, he said to me, um, there's going to be a spike in mental health anyway, but those people that have already suffered because of life-changing things, will, but I'm so lucky that that didn't happen to me. I was down, but I know the difference between being down and depressed. Um, something that, um, you know, I, 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 I'm so passionate about mental health, but like he was saying, and he's a private consultant, that the influx is that, and they're doing everything on Zoom at the moment where they can. He actually is worried about his mental health because... He has seen that many people, his hours are that long, and he needs not to have that as an issue to be able to treat people properly. And I don't know what the answer to it is, Frank, because, yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, the loneliness, the loss of jobs, you know, oh, I don't know what the answer to that is. Um, we certainly would like to do our bit in, in, but even as a business like us, I'd love to, you know, do some kind of initiative where we can raise money, but then it doesn't touch the sides, does it? No. And even in our industry, actually, um, I was speaking to somebody, apparently in the events industry, um, the mental health problems are absolutely rife because for a freelancer, so our industry was an, very much supported by freelancers. Obviously, the businesses like us, mainly, have taken back their contracted staff. So there's a whole bunch of freelancers that haven't worked. For, I know people that have not worked all year and have no bookings on the horizon. And it's, yeah, it's, heart, it's heartbreaking, but I don't, I don't know what we do about that, you know. Yeah, I think it's tough, but I think we've just got to get a more balanced conversation yeah, in place yeah. so that when people do put on an event, whether yeah. it be for 30 or for yeah. 250 or you know as football clubs are doing yeah. two and a half thousand yeah they're not criticized they're applauded yeah, absolutely yeah uh, because you know nobody uh in the space that we're in would do something that was 
A, illegal, mm-hmm. and B, mm-hmm. uh, and perhaps more importantly, putting yeah. people's lives at risk. Yeah. You know, so we ensured that we were able to test everybody before uh-huh. they came into Brilliant. the event. Uh, and then I think the other thing that the government needs to consider is if they are going to encourage people to get tested yeah. and to get the vaccine, what is the reward? And yeah. for me, the reward is, well, you can go to a restaurant, yeah. you can go to a live event, yeah. and I think that will help enormously yeah. in terms of taking us forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's just this clarity, isn't it, on... I think people have got confused because it doesn't make sense, a lot of the rules. And then that's when they... It's like a, child, it's like a petulant child, isn't it? Well, I don't understand it, I don't understand what you're doing, so I'll do my own thing anyway. Um, but, yeah, I think you've got to be applauded. And I think there's actually a campaign at the moment in the events industry, which is Be Brave, which is about... Um, be brave, be the first company to take a stand and do it, and whether that's an employee event or a marketing customer event, because if you don't, your competitors will, so be the first people yeah, to yeah. do it. And actually, you know, support our industry. Maybe as a customer, maybe as a big company, you wouldn't have used an events agency before mm. because you do it in-house, but we're the experts on how to manage mm. this safely, so maybe put not only hold your event, but put back into the industry and use an events agency to help you manage that safely as well. And I think the other point to make is that the venue that host these yeah, events yeah. Um, have spent literally oh, hundreds yeah. of thousands of pounds yes. to make yeah. themselves COVID yeah. secure. And of course, we're not talking about you know companies that are fly-by-nights. We're talking about yeah. businesses that have been in place and established for many years. Yeah. They're not going to put their reputation at risk no. to hold an event. No. So they're going the extra mile as yeah. well. And you know what we found with the ACC, uh, but also you know with the Hilton Hotel, yeah. uh, Manchester Science Park, we held an event there, live event. You know, is they are so good at yeah. working with you yeah. Oh, yeah. to make sure that everybody's safe. Yeah, yeah. And we exactly. just need to see more of that yeah. next year, don't we? And, yeah. and as I say, for people to recognise that collaboration and what you can do and stop talking about what you can't. Yeah. Um, so, you know, let's glass half full, because yeah. you are, um, and hope that we can get back to live events this year. We certainly be doing some live events, whether there be those mass events as you said there, wait to be, to be seen. But the other thing that, that interests me is when you start talking about you know, your sort of attitude to business. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned there that you went on a, a Zoom call um, with a business coach from America. Uh, and again, you know, I, I will say to, to any business owner, um, either listening to this or those I talk to on a regular basis, I don't know how people manage without that sort of intervention yeah. and that sort of conversation at times because you're always learning, aren't you? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And from the last 12 months, there must be some key lessons that you've taken from that. Yeah. Yeah, I, God, I think like everyone, Frank, I've like learned so much about myself, which seems so insular, but then I remember I've got, I mean, I've, I, like if I can have an expert in something to help me, well, that's what I do. <laughs> But I remember at the start of lockdown speaking to my friend actually was doing um, some coaching and he said to me, we were talking through it and he said, Happy Holly is an asset to the business. And I wrote it down on my whiteboard that's in the kitchen that was my office at the time. And I'd been wanting to recruit an MD and I was thinking, oh, if we have another good year this year, we'll do it towards the end of the year. And, um, and part of that was he said to me, he invests in a hospitality business and he said, 
I think if you got an MD, this would absolutely change your whole outlook and how that business is run. So that there was two things that actually kind of got me through. So that that he said, um, and then I went on the path of worked all the finances out that I could recruit that person. Because when I was in kind of the dark days, it was like, I don't want to go back to what it was like anyway. Because you realise, don't you, running around like that? And that wasn't actually probably happy. So the fact that I knew that if I could afford to recruit an MD, so at the end of all this, I'd for, for the first time ever have that you know support, that's what one thing that pulled me through. And the other thing was our mutual friend Paul um, Cheatham of Sadulo, and he wasn't used to me negative at all. And he'd be phoning me up and go, "Oh, what Holly have we got today? Then happy Holly, sad Holly." <laughs> and he went, "You need to come into my office, and I need to, like, I need a serious word with you because I was just so down." And he said to me, again, it's just speaking to people that are better than you, know better than you. And he said to me, Holly, one of your brand values is anything is possible, and that is what you've got to focus on. And uh, one dream I have is that I will do my own motivational conference in the future which is in the pipeline that we wanted to call anything is possible anyway so I literally this sounds so egotistical but I just literally had this vision I've been on a stage with our anything is possible brand talking about getting through COVID and it was those two things really that like pulled me through but I think that is to your point is having people to speak to and um, Paul also said to me I don't know if this is sexist and I'm allowed to say this or not, but I'll just say it. Um, he said to me, I was just in the middle of, I'd, I'd, I'd had a coach for a good couple of years who was amazing, but I was at a new point. And Paul said to me, because I'd struggled, I'm not made any secret, uh, secret of it, isolating on my own and been a solo business owner. And Paul said to me, I think you need a female coach this time. And I think you need somebody that's done more than you, is better than you and understands what you're going through emotionally. because. Um, we are different emotionally mm -hmm. and, and that was a brilliant piece of advice and I, I'm, I've got in touch with somebody who I knew would be great and she's been amazing for me and I think that is actually one of my strengths. I'm not great at the detail and stuff like that but I'm good, I know who good people are. So you know uh, Paul has a non-exec role with us, Nicola my new coach has trained and supported the team through Covid and I can recognise when we need experts experience and expertise in the business and I think that is I will say I think that's a strength mm. to admit what your what you need help on absolutely if you yeah. don't know your weaknesses yeah. then it's difficult to focus on your strengths yeah, isn't it yeah, absolutely. you know I'm a bit like you in that respect yeah. I'm crap at detail <laughs> uh, and I always say anyone who joins our team I say to them don't expect to get managed by me because yeah, yeah. I hate managing people oh my god me too uh, and you know you've then got the financial side of the business again yeah I'm not interested yeah, yeah. Um, so you know ultimately if you don't get the right people around you then your business isn't going to survive yeah. for long and you've got to recognise I think why you start a business and you know people have different motivations but the piece of advice that I was given when I started my own business, which is 20 years ago now, <laughs> was that whatever you do, make sure it's something you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so why, if you're setting a business up to enjoy what you do, because that's why you're going to make it as successful as it can possibly be, would you then start to do all the things you hate doing? Yeah. Just yeah. delegate them and get yeah. people, as you say, around yeah. you who can do those things yeah. better than you anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think... Um, I think that's been a massive learning curve to me. I think my I was on the grind before, you know, um, doing all the stuff I don't enjoy, 
working up to holiday mm. and you know that stripped away from you I did manage to sneak a little trip to Crete at one point but yeah and I think I've really and, and do you know what Frank as well I think like admitting what you enjoy mm. because I was in so much of the should mode pre-Covid I should do this I should see this person I need to do this I need to be on site you know or whatever and and that and now know I will do what uh, and bring people in that enjoy different things to me so that balances out the business yeah. so yeah definitely hmm. you said another interesting thing whilst you were talking through that experience yeah. of seeking out coaches and yeah. advice and it was this um, conference that you want to front yes and you said that sounds a bit egotistical I don't think it does <laughs> um, but I think a lot of females would agree yeah. But it sounds egotistical. Yeah. I think a lot of fellas would say that sounds ambitious. Yeah, yeah. You know, aren't yeah. I great? I want to do something that aspirational. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is something again yeah. that you know is quite nice at one level because yeah. people will say, oh, you know, how humble and, and yeah. But this is a problem for people like me. Yeah. Because you know our team will tell you the number of females we approach yeah. to sit on panels to do talks to our members yeah. who say either they don't feel comfortable, yeah. they don't feel worthy, yeah. um, and it causes problems then because you just can't get yeah. the sort of gender balance yeah, yeah, that yeah, we yeah. want to yeah. see within our network and within our yeah. events. And, and I just wonder where you get that sort of view of, you know, if I say that, I sound a bit big-headed there. Well, no, I will admit, I, I, I mean, this is like lights me up, doing a podcast, talking you know like I, you know I love it because I, I do I, I am proud of my journey and I'm proud of what we've done and it, and I find it easy to talk to and I do actually I, you know I get I will say it without saying the word ego I get a lot of amazing feedback and um, I did a, a coaching session actually weirdly years ago and one of the points that came out of it was that I love to inspire and love to be inspired and I do get a lot of feedback um, really nice feedback when I do stuff like this and, and even sometimes a couple of years down the line I'll get somebody that said I heard you talk at this and it made me do this and that for me is like worth its weight in gold so I do feel I've got a good story I feel at the end of this I'll have a better story and, and, and I feel that hopefully that is a good one to share but I have always loved this side of things so anyone asks me to do anything I have to weigh it up because sometimes you have to think what's the audience mm. how many people because you've got to weigh it up with you talking to the external world, world versus helping your internal team. Um, but no, I do love it. I think it's a confidence thing, isn't it? I think, um, but I do think for people out there that maybe want to do it but feel a bit shy about doing it, I think it's just starting in smaller steps. So maybe go to a BNI that you've got to stand up in front of 10 people and take it in like small, small steps. Um, and I think as soon as you start getting positive feedback and people like what you're talking about, it spurs you on to do it. And like now, I, I wouldn't be nervous at all on a stage in front of a thousand people. It just wouldn't faze me. Um, ask me to do something like I was doing the charity Strictly Dancing thing. That, even in front of five people, terrifies me. But um, yeah, it would be great to encourage more people to do that. And if I could help in any way, to people you approach that maybe are struggling with confidence in that area, I could, 
kind of maybe help them in steps to improve your confidence on how to, to do it. Because once you get the bug, I think you do get the bug of speaking to you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I hate it. Do you? <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, That's no, why I, I do, do the yeah. job. Yeah. But no one will give me a platform, so I just yeah. set me up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so listen, you talked about this managing director yeah, role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, that's a crucial yes. step for the business. Yes. I mean, it's a big step for yeah, the business. Massive, yeah. uh, so, you know, are we, are we allowed to say who this person is well, yet? I better, or? Well, I better not because he doesn't start, what's a he, but he doesn't start until the 11th of January, so I better not. Um, but he, yeah, so we, we, we went to a headhunter for, it went through a quite stringent uh, process, which included a half um, a day assessment day and involved the team in that so they feel part of it. Um, and I didn't recruit from an event, pure events agency, which I would have done pre-COVID actually. Um, I went to a much more, um, it's, well, he's been at a global like marketing um, advertising agency because, you know, we can run events all day. I need somebody to come in and commercialize really what we've done over lockdown and look at all our products and services and actually how can we grow them and how can we be the partner for brands, not only for live events, but for kind of all their communication activity, be it B2C or B2E. Um, whatever that looks like so yeah I'm really excited and because I've worked with a coach my coach on actually the interview process the training of an MD because I've never been an MD apart from here I've never recruited at that level and I need to set him up for success so I'm quite confident that I've invested time and money in that recruitment that induction process being right and I think what's been key is involving the team because they've had a year of me here all the time which they never used to have had a lot of laughs, a lot of tears. You can't hide in this time, can you? And I think they were worried that the culture might change, which it will, but I've told them it will change for the better because when we do get back to live events and we're busy, all the stuff that's fun at the moment suddenly isn't because they want their PDPs, they want their appraisals, they want to sit down and suddenly like me being fun Holly isn't actually that fun, I'm just annoying. So <laughs> so I think that he will build on the culture that we've we've really got in in lockdown and, and and make it fit for purpose for the future because we are in a surreal unreal situation at the moment mm. and i think the other thing is you talked about changing having to change yeah. product offer yeah, yeah because of the situation yeah. we found ourselves but i think all good businesses evolve anyway don't yeah. they yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so whether that be in terms of bringing new people into the team yeah. more senior roles yeah. Yeah. Uh, and cultures change yeah. you know we are very different culture in our place now than we did back in 2003 yeah. I think 2003 yeah. trying to operate in 2021 forget yeah. it yeah, 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 so yeah. I think that's just a natural yeah. progression yeah. of a good business mm -hmm. I think those businesses that don't change culturally uh, and don't react actually to what's happening out there yeah. well you've seen lots of examples of those over the yeah. last 12 months because yeah. although Covid undoubtedly did see off many businesses through no fault of their own there were also a lot of companies, particularly in retail, that were going to go anyway. Yeah. They probably toppled six months mm. earlier than they would have done, yeah. but they were going. Yeah. You know, the, like, the likes of Debenhams and yeah. places like yeah. that, who just Had never kept times. up with the yeah. online stuff, did yeah. they? And, and you know, those stores, you know, department stores that looked a bit tired, yeah. uh, a little bit too traditional. So I think all businesses, you know, however yeah. big or small, every few years need to, to have a look and, yeah. and say, right, we're going to review what our culture is, what yeah. our behaviours are, yeah. what our objectives are. And I think the yeah. fact that you've done that through this yeah. 
shocking period. Yeah. It, again, is is great credit to yeah. you. And, uh, do you think that you know as you move forward now into this year? Um, you and your new managing director will be saying, okay, let, let's hold what we've got and then just try and build as the live events industry comes back into play. Or have you now got the appetite for looking at new opportunities? Yeah, exactly that. So, yeah, I want it to look at as a full mix now so that we don't become that we aren't just events. I mean, then we've got the name, but you know what I mean? So I want to look at the whole proposition and you know, our ideal client would be someone, I've got to use the Tachi Rail as an example because they were a client and we did their live events and through COVID we've done their content, we've done a virtual event, we've done boxes, you know, and they're using the whole product mix and that's the ideal, isn't it, to do that. So I'm actually really, really excited because for example on the boxes, I've always loved gifting um, and branding and everything like that. And actually at the moment, like, if you, oh, I don't know if I should say this, but if you gave me a creative brief to sit down and do a live event or sit down and do one of the box proposals, I'd probably love doing the box proposal at the moment because it's something new because I've done events for so long. Okay. Um, but then there's people in the team that are just itching to get back to live. So I think we've got a real good mix of people to actually make all these products and services really rich and really creative, which is actually super exciting. And also it gives us so much more longevity and widens the net. Because it's funny, in the box um, side of things, we're, we're competing against totally different people now. So what were our competitors pre-COVID? Like we're now com competing with like not on the high street, um, Selfridges, Harvey Nicks, because you know, are you gonna buy 50 hampers online or are you gonna come to us? So that's exciting, you know, that's a new, almost like a new industry to be working in. Yeah, yeah that's really good. Uh, and listen, you know, when you reflect on the past 12 months yeah. and the journey that you've been on, um, what are the sort of things that stand out for you? What were the, let's talk about your low moments first yeah, and yeah, then yeah. we'll talk about your highs. Yeah. What was the toughest part of 2020 for you? Uh, being on my own, like, I'm not gonna dress it up. Like, living on your own when you're scared because my, one of my best friends got COVID but has got long COVID, is still suffering now. Complete gym bunny like me. Um, so actually the thought of catching it at that point, I was pretty scared of. No family near me, um, on my own, was horrible. And, and yeah, there's, there's not really anything I can say about that. You know, I've got friends that were homeschooling, they're like, God, I'd do anything to be on my own. And I get that everyone was in their own place, but I found that really, really hard. And um, yeah, that was probably the hardest thing because that's throwing a mirror, like I say, on your life as well. That, do you know what, when I was running around all the time and doing X, Y, Z, you know, I didn't feel that gap. But when you sat in your house all day working, and people talk about the summer and how great the summer was, I don't remember that, the summer, because I was sat on my laptop inside all day. So that really allowed me to reflect on my life going forward. So it was hard, but probably needed. Um, found that really, really hard. Um, the other stuff, because I love ideas, creativity, losing the money every month. You know, most people might say that, you know, you've sunk nearly 200K in the last, <laughs> that doesn't bother, it sounds really bad, that's not what worries me because I will, you know, if it had all gone and we had no money left in the bank and, you know, whatever, I'll go again, I'll do something else. I'm resilient, I've got ideas. For me, it was more the personal stuff I found really, really hard. But. On, on that, I have changed loads of things, um, and I love being in my house, you know, it feels like a home, um, 
yeah, just so I, yeah. That's probably, I would say, the hardest thing, which is weird, isn't it, when you've got an industry that's losing, you know, an industry and your business is losing tens of thousands of pounds a month. That was the hardest thing. Yeah. No, I, I don't think that's um, mad at all. I think that uh, actually demonstrates that you're in business for the right reason. Yeah. It's not all about the cash, is yeah, it? There's yeah. so much that you get out of your work, as I said earlier, if, you, if you're in a business that you've set up, that you endure. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't enjoy your own business, then why the hell are you yeah, doing yeah. it? Um, so that makes perfect sense to me. And, and again, I think people underestimate loneliness. Yeah. I think people don't necessarily see that yeah. as an issue. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, you know, because I know a number of people who are single, I know, you know, through my own mum's experience, yeah. 85, locked up in a flat for oh, yeah. nearly nine months, only seeing people who, like me, could care for it, yeah. but not being able to mix with the outside yeah. world. It's horrendous, yeah. you know, for people's mental health. Yeah. Um, so I well understand that and, and appreciate where you're coming from. But you got through it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, let's end on a high. Yeah. Because 2021 is going to be your year, Holly. And I think so, so. Yeah, let's so, be positive. So <laughs> what, what was the, the best thing, do you think, to come out of those tough times for you? I'm going to say relationships in the sense of um, we've all been back in the office since the end of May last year um, when we went into lockdown two because of the boxes we did when Boris said work from home if you can we couldn't um, and I've nurtured some amazing professional relationships, but also friendships through work, probably got to know people on a different level. Um, there's also, I've always had like my very tight, like friendship, best friend group, um, but they've all got children, so they had different focuses. So there's maybe other people that I've grown as close to outside of that circle. Um, there's people that reached out to me that I would just, like CEOs, MDs of massive global businesses that took the time to have a Zoom with me and just, gave me some reassurance and some advice. So for me, I think it's been relationships across the board, um, people and little things that people did for me that I will remember for the rest of my life. I mean, everything's obviously on my phone, but you know, just those tiny things that people will never know how much they meant to you. And I think the kindness of people, the thoughtfulness of people, and that is really my standout thing. But to team that with business, that's why I think we've been able to be so creative and so full of energy at work because actually we just all showed our true selves this year. There was no hiding and I think that's made for a better team going forward, to be honest. Yeah. Holly, on that positive note, <laughs> thanks for having a frank conversation oh, with Downtown and Business and we'll see you again very soon. Definitely, at your events. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.